exclusive podcast from Impact 89 FM. WDBM East Lansing. Bringing you sports from NBA to NHL to NFL and more. But more importantly, bringing you the full rundown on MSU Spartan Sports. We cover it all. Get us on the phone at 432-3893. And now, the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Welcome to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. My name is Dave Rinkew and I will be your host as usual for the next hour. As always, my lovely co-host Megan to my left. How you doing, Megan? I am doing great. It's been a great weekend in sports. I'm ready to go. Yes, it has. Uh, did you have a good Thanksgiving? I did, actually. How was yours? It was good. It was nice and relaxing, and uh, that holiday weekend always goes much faster it, it than does. you think it's going to. I had five days off, and it felt like yesterday yeah. that I just wanted to home. You get home Wednesday night, and before you know it, it's Saturday night, and I'm already thinking about coming back here. <laughs> but I wanted to come back here, because we have so much to talk about in sports. First off, I want to say hope all of our listeners had a great holiday weekend. I uh, hope people didn't have to wake up too early for Black Friday all you crazies out there going... <laughs> I did it. Did you? I did. I pulled an all-nighter until about 5 o'clock in the morning I came home. That is... That's ridiculous. <laughs> See, me and my brother, we went to Best Buy at 11.30, like normal oh, people. Like normal and, people. And, and we still got a good deal. He bought a TV. But let's digress. Let's get to sports. Let's do it. A lot to talk about on this show, and we only have an hour. So let's kick it off. All right. The Spartans played this weekend at Happy Valley. We played the Penn State Nittany Lions, and we beat them. We beat them pretty good. Uh, I mean, they came back there in the fourth. The final score was 28-22, to but the Spartans did it. Big Ten champions, Spartan Nation. I want to say that again, Big Ten champions, okay? And that makes me feel so good. Gives me such a warm feeling. This is the first time that the Spartans have been Big Ten champions since 1990. I mean, 20 years of Mm -hmm. waiting around. They had a chance in 2008, but they lost to Penn State. Got smoked 49-18. to They got it done. They got it done, and we are Big Ten champions. Yeah, co-champions, whatever. You're Big Ten champions. doesn't matter if you're splitting it two ways, three ways. You won it. And I just want to congratulate the team. I want to congratulate the whole program in general, the players, the coaches, Mark Hollis, everybody. This was a fantastic season. It was a magical season. 11-1. The Spartans had never won 11 games in the entire history of this program. And they got it done. We had so many close games, so many tough just tough games, having to come behind against Purdue, Northwestern, you know, played a great game against Wisconsin, beat Michigan in the big house. This is a fantastic year. Now, I assume you watched the game. How could you not have, right? Yep. But uh, from watching the game, you know, the running game finally got going again. Edwin Baker came out, ran for 128 yards, did a fantastic job. What did you think of this game? It scared me i guess i'd say in the fourth quarter uh-huh. you know we had a, we had a couple uh turnovers yes. um but before that we we definitely played like we wanted to win we we played like we wanted to be big tub champs you know you don't see that very often coming from the spartans and this year they actually deserved it and i'm glad to say that, that this is the year they actually pulled through and became you know the three-way tie co-champ yeah. 10 champs, you know. No, they got it done. And, uh, yeah, you know, they let up there a little bit in the fourth. They're playing a lot of prevent defense, I think, kind of, you know, laying back a little bit. I was never really worried. I mean, even when they scored that touchdown with, what, 56 seconds left, yeah, if they get that onside kick, now I'm nervous, but it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. It's really not. I know the final score. The final score does not reflect how this game was. The Spartans really had control of this game from the uh, out the gates. Long drive, you know, put together a great drive there. Edwin Baker running the ball hard. It, that's what I'm saying. It's so great to see the running game come back because it had been so many weeks where you say, where did this running game go? Mm-hmm. Baker, Bell, Caper, where did it go? It's back. 163 total rushing yards. They got it done. And Kirk Cousins, I want to say, Kirk Cousins played one of the most flawless games I've probably seen him play all year. The kid was 17 for 22 passing, 152 yards, two touchdowns. He didn't make a mistake. He didn't make a mistake at all. And this is after coming off, you know, he, he got his ankle hurt in the previous week against Purdue. He came out and he played flawlessly. Congratulations, Kirk Cousins. Congratulations, Baker. This entire team. Chris L. Rucker, he did a great job. Broke up five passes, forced a fumble. Rucker did a good job. Uh, you know, <laughs> learned his lesson. Yeah. After, uh, you know, getting, you know, getting put in jail. And he did a, he did a good job. Rucker did a good job. This whole team came to play. Like I said, they did let up a little bit at the end there. Not a big deal. The one thing I'd like to point out is, you know, we kind of rip on them every year about their penalties and their yards they lose because of it. Yes. Um, three for 24 this past weekend. Yeah. And I mean, for 
they've been what they before that they'd have like six or seven penalties a game for like yeah. 90 yards and to bring it down to that for your last game i would say is quite an accomplishment there's they they show that they improved on the points they needed to and you know the the fact that they probably won't go to the rose bowl just kind of it just upsets well, me. Well, no, they will. They <laughs> definitely won't go to the Rose Bowl. And, and this is the topic that I want to talk about in the show. You know, the Penn State game, that's all said and done. It's over. We need to talk about bowl implications now and where the Spartans might be headed. After the BCS standings came out last night, the Spartans are right now eighth in the country. Okay? Ohio State is sixth. Wisconsin's five. So that is where we stand as of right now. Now, the bowl selection Sunday will be this next Sunday. So a week from now, we will know where the Spartans are going. Now, the problem is, now, for all you listeners out there, if you weren't listening last week or you just don't know, how this works is that if there's a three-way tie, the team with the highest, that is highest ranked in the BCS standings gets the nod for the Rose Bowl. Now, that is going to be Wisconsin. There's no way that we leapfrog Wisconsin. There's not a chance. I mean, they're at five. We're at eight. It's just it won't happen. Okay. Now, there is potential for the Spartans to get an at-large bid for a BCS Bowl. Could be the Sugar Bowl, could be the Orange Bowl. Now, the problem there is that do you think those bowl selectors are going to take Michigan State over Ohio State? I'm asking you, Megan, do you think they will do that? You know, it's just you look at... You look at everything that D'Antonio said, and he's he's right. I mean, we've done so many great things this year. We're one of those teams that we're seen as the underdog at the beginning of the year. You know, yep. we were looked to have maybe a fifty percent, little over fifty percent season, and to have beat Wisconsin and to not have played Ohio State, but Wisconsin beat Ohio State. Yes, and for us to be behind them like that. It's it's not like it's not something that I like to say. You know that's a good thing because it's not obviously. No, but, it's not. Um, I don't see them taking us over Ohio State just because we never ended up playing them. You know, and that I think that really hurt us for this season. Had we played them and had we beat them, this would be a completely different BCS standings right here. Oh, it would be completely different. And you know, next year we'll be able to get all this stuff out of the way. We'll have a championship game. Okay, that's important. We're going to be able to have a deciding factor, or pretty much a deciding factor, come the end of the season. We won't be sitting here and saying, what if, well, you didn't play this team. Well, you know, you, you lost to this team this bad. You beat this team this well. It'll all be decided in a football game. Now, I pose a question to our listeners. Give me a call, 517-432-3893. Do the Spartans deserve the Rose Bowl or an at-large BCS Bowl game? Do they deserve it, or do they, or do they deserve to be in the Capital One Bowl out in Florida on New Year's Day? Give me a call. I want to know. Remember, 517-432-3893. Now, personally, I just hate the system. It's nothing against Wisconsin. It's nothing against Ohio State. The BCS is fraudulent. The BCS is just, it's just about money. That's what this is about. Like I was reading, it's about brand recognition. That is why Ohio State will go to the Sugar Bowl or go to the Orange Bowl over Michigan State. Why? Because these guys know what they're getting with Ohio State. Ohio State, it's been there. They're a successful program for many years, and they have that respect. The Spartans are just coming up. They're just getting this good. They're, they're doing way better now than they have been under Bobby Williams or goofy Grandpa John L. Smith. Yeah, they're getting it done now. They have a program that is finally changing. The problem with it's the BCS. This system, I would say, it's fraudulent. Okay? It's just about money. It's not about how go 11 and 1. I personally, I don't think we should go to the Rose Bowl. I agree that Wisconsin deserves that nod. I know we beat Wisconsin, but I do believe Wisconsin is a better football team than us. I will say that. But I don't agree with Ohio State being over us. I don't believe that. I don't believe that for a second. Michigan State has had a magical season. Okay? And here's a quote from D'Antonio. He says, quote, No disrespect to the other two teams. They are great football teams. They deserve to be in the mix, and they are in the mix. I just feel like we're being left out of the mix, and I don't know why. After a year that the Spartans have had that no one thought they were going to have, nobody, this team wasn't ranked in the preseason polls. Wisconsin was. Ohio State was. They were both ranked. Michigan State was not ranked. And let me give you a couple stats for all you fans out there. You talk about strength to schedule. I know a lot of Michigan fans, I was, I was back home this weekend, I got into some nice arguments <laughs> with some Michigan fans. I didn't even know they were Michigan fans until I sit down and I start talking about, you know, Michigan can't do one good thing for me when I want them. I want to win one game and they can't get it done. But, uh, and then we really got into it and they're like, well, you guys just have a cupcake schedule. Really? 
Well, here's that little stat for you guys out there, okay? The Spartans have the 38th toughest schedule in the nation, and that's based on the cumulative opposition, the teams they've played, and their final records. Ohio State ranks 54th, and Wisconsin ranks 66th. So for people to use the argument, well, the Michigan State, you know, they didn't play Ohio State. They just played easy teams. That's bull, okay? They have the toughest schedule out of these three teams. They played a lot of tough teams. The Spartans also have the most wins against bowl-eligible teams. Okay, The Spartans have eight wins against bowl-eligible teams, while Ohio State only has six, and Wisconsin has four. Okay, That means something. Not to mention, we beat Wisconsin handedly on October 2nd out here at Spartan Stadium. We beat them 34-24. We beat them good. We beat them with having three turnovers in the first half and still came out and stepped on the throat and destroyed them. I mean, it wasn't a blowout, but we beat them handedly. And we've talked about this last week. And the problem with the BCS, you lose late, you're screwed. Mm -hmm. You win early, people forget about it. You know, Coach D'Antonio brought up a great point. He says, you know what? If we would have lost to Iowa in week five and beat Wisconsin in week nine, would these BCS standings be the same? Because there's a big problem with the BCS. You look at the computers. We're ranked 11th. Okay, in the BCS, just with the computer rankings. Now, that doesn't take into account the Harris Poll or the Coaches Poll. In the Coaches Poll and the Harris Poll, we are seventh. Why do the computers not give us the love that we kind of deserve? They don't base it on points. The computers don't look at wins and losses and think, you got spanked by Iowa 38-6. to six. They don't look at that. The score has nothing to do with it. Okay, now I want to bring up a point for all you listeners out there. Now, Two years ago, if this was the case, if we had a three-way tie like this, then the team that was longest removed from the Rose Bowl would have gone to the Rose Bowl. That would have been Michigan State. If we had the same rules in place that they had for a while, we would be going to the Rose Bowl. The reason we're not is because two years ago, the Big Ten got together and put it to a vote as to how they will determine a three-way tiebreaker. And what did they decide? A 10-to-1 vote in favor of the BCS standings being the decider in who goes to the Rose Bowl. Guess who was the one vote that voted against it? Coach D'Antonio. Our coach voted against it. Now, he's not, yeah, it's not, he didn't backtrack on He This was two years ago. This was two years ago when the Spartans went 9-3. and three. He decided on that then that this is not the way he believes it should be done. That you should not just be letting a team go to the Rose Bowl just because of BCS standings. It's a computer. And I know they account for other things in the BCS standings. Don't get me wrong. But the problem with this system is that you can do as much as possible and still not get rewarded in the end. And that's the problem. We've said it already. They will be able to make up for this next year. You have a championship game. You have Nebraska coming to your conference, which will give this team credibility. It will give the conference, excuse me, more credibility. Okay. You need to have the better team. You need to play better teams to get the respect nationally. Okay, That's the point of this. Now, here's a little quote from D'Antonio. And it's a pretty good one. When you look at the mousetrap and the little giants, and you look at Coach D'Antonio's heart attack, I'm sorry, this is from Mark Hollis, excuse me, and you look at D'Antonio's heart attack, you look at the situation where we've really overcome a lot of adversity, both on and off the field. Quote, there are many stories that are important to college sports. There are some schools that have had many, many opportunities to participate in BCS games. Michigan State never has. This school has come back from having their coach having a heart attack, winning games. We beat Wisconsin when Coach Antonio wasn't there. This team took care of business. They've been through a lot of strife. Okay, They definitely have. And like we've already talked about, Megan, they did this not being ranked in the preseason. Okay, Ohio State was ranked two in the preseason polls. Wisconsin was ranked 12. All we did, we received only 10 votes on the, from the coaches poll and not one vote in the AP poll. Now, Megan, when all is said and done on Sunday, do you think, I mean, what is the chance, the possibility that Michigan State gets the nod for the BC, at, an at-large BCS poll? Oh, I want to say it's a good chance, but you know, it's not up to us. It's not up to the coaches. It's not up to D'Antonio. It's up to the other people and, you know, the people who are in charge of it. And, you know, I want to say as much as I love Michigan State, I want to say they have an awesome chance, but it's it's so 50-50 right now. Mm-hmm. It really is. Like, just based off of 
like stats in who's won and who beat who and everything. Mm-hmm. Like I, I really want to say yes, hundred percent. They're gonna make it, BCS. Let's go. Uh-huh. But you got to look at everything. You know, that's been going on. Just how the BCS kind of panned out and everything. And so I, I don't know. I it's 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 hard until you know. Like it's about fifty fifty for me right now. Uh, I wish I wish it was fifty fifty for me. <laughs> I'd love it to be fifty fifty. I really see this at no more than eighty twenty. Honestly, even ninety ten. I just they're gonna get screwed. They they're gonna get screwed over, and that's just it's. It's part of this business, okay? Like I said, this is all about money. And when it comes down to it, they're going to select Ohio State to go to that bowl game, to go to the BCS bowl game. They're not going to pick Michigan State. It's because Michigan State hasn't proven it over the years. It's not their fault, necessarily. It stinks. You have a season like this, and you have a three-way tie. If this was last year, we would have won it outright, okay? But, you know, you can... here's the thing. I'm not going to complain too much about this today. I don't want to because I'm reveling in the win, we're Big Ten champions, and that can't be forgotten. Any Spartan fan out there that wants to complain about not making it to the Rose Bowl or the BCS and at-large BCS Bowl, you have every right to. But don't forget about what this team has done. This team is 11-1. They haven't won a Big Ten title in 20 years. Enjoy it. Enjoy this, because it doesn't happen often. It does not happen often. Yeah, sure, sometimes programs like Ohio State and Michigan in the past, they have success like this consistently. But you just never know when it's going to go away, when a team's going to fall off. Who knows? It might be another 10 years. It might, it might be another two. Bottom line is, I want our fans to enjoy this win, to enjoy this. We're champions, guys. Nobody can take that away from us. No matter what bowl game you go to, we are Big Ten champions, and that will always be here. And I will never forget this kind of season. This was a magical season, and I feel I'm very blessed to be able to be on the radio and even talk about the Spartans in a season like this. Because, you know, last year, 6-6, six and six, you got the Rather Hall incident. You know, they blow the, they lose the bowl game to Texas Tech. You really wonder where this program was kind of heading after this. And then they just, they put together a magical year. I don't think anyone's going to forget the, the mouse trap or the uh, Little Giants plays. You know, D'Antonio had in the last couple yeah. of minutes, last seconds in overtime of each game. Uh, I just think that's... That's got to be one of the highlights, I think, of this year. Those those trick plays that they came up with. Not many teams can actually pull them off like that, and you know, no. For us to do that, and then the whole heart attack thing. I mean, you already said all this, but just to kind of reiterate. Oh it. yeah. And it's just like you said, it's just an unforgettable season. Um, Eleven and one. Who would have thought at the beginning of this year they were they were unranked, just like you said, and to come back and to be even eighth in the BCS at the end of the year, like eleven and one season, never happened before in history, and it's just it's great. No, it's absolutely fantastic. And, uh, you know, I do think Wisconsin, they are a very good team. I think uh, Ohio State, they are a very good team. Don't get me wrong. They really are. It really stinks that we can't play them this year. Mm-hmm. I really wish we could. It would have been, you know, it just would have solved any of these arguments. Uh, but the fact is we don't. And we don't control our own fate anymore. And that's unfortunate. This whole week, though, and you can bet your bottom dollar, D'Antonio, he's out on a campaign to say, hey, the Spartans deserve at least... Take a look at us. Give us some respect. Look at our body of work. Look at what this team has accomplished. Don't dismiss us just because the name Ohio State kind of just is a little bit bigger, a little bit just a little bit bigger of a program, a better football team over the years. Don't look past what the Spartans have done this year, though. They have done what no one thought they would do. Not not a person, not a coach, not a player, nobody. Maybe our team thought this, but even our team probably started thinking, geez, we're 8-0, how would this happen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, How do we win some of these close games? And it's just absolutely phenomenal. I will say it again. Be proud, Spartans. Okay, Be proud that this team did what they did this year. Because this is, I mean, this is the most wins this team has ever had. And you know what? If we go to a New Year's Day Bowl, that's fine. That's fine. We're going to go out there, and we're going to take care of business, and we're going to do what we have to do. We're most likely going to play a team like Alabama, LSU, or Arkansas. Those are your three. We'll be playing one of those teams. Will it be a good game? Of course it will. It will be a real good game. But if we don't go to a bigger bowl game, don't let that linger. Okay? Don't let it linger. Because trust me, this team is going to be around for a while. Not the same players, but the program that D'Antonio has instituted is this, you know, changing of the guard, like we said with you know, Michigan. This team is changing. They're getting better. And not, they're not just getting better. They just they put together magical. I keep saying it, it really was. It was an absolutely magical year. I mean, the comeback win against Purdue, where they could have blown everything that game. Yep. You know, it's funny. It's like D'Antonio was quoted as saying, "You know, so what was that? Uh, what was that play? He's like called punt block. <laughs> we call it punt block. That was the that was a special play uh, D'Antonio had in that game. And just yeah, the comeback again against Northwestern. 
Okay? The, the crappy thing is, when you get spanked by Iowa, absolutely embarrassed, and then now Iowa is not even ranked anymore, it really is a knife in the side of a Spartan. I kind of want to throw something in there, though. Please do. Um, Iowa's game this past Saturday, I don't know, maybe, I don't obviously don't know what they're thinking, but to lose to Minnesota... I don't know if they just because after they just lost, they're out of the running to be Big Ten champs. You know, they kind of yeah. got down on themselves and just lost. I mean, you can't can't put it past them. It, a lot of teams might turn out like that. You know, oh, we're done. We're not doing anything. Yeah. You know, so we're just gonna not even going to try in our last game. And that might have been what happened with them. And so I don't want to say, you know, that Minnesota maybe played a good game. I actually didn't watch it, so I can't exactly, you know, put my whole input into it. Yeah. But, uh... I that's when I was watching highlights. That's just how I felt about them, that they were just like oh, our season's over. Yeah, we can't do anything anymore. We can't be Big Ten champs anymore, and so they just kind of blew the game and yeah. threw it away. I mean, I don't think their heads were in the game necessarily. No. In Iowa, the problem Iowa's had recently is they, they blow fourth quarter leads, uh, and that's what they've been doing. They did it in North. What they did it with Northwestern. They've done it here. You know, with Minnesota. Minnesota was just trying to you know play upset. They're just trying to win, and I don't. Discount Iowa not trying. They definitely were trying. Don't get me wrong. Iowa didn't go out there thinking, well, who cares? We got nothing to play for. We're going to lose the season. No. You win that game, you're going to go to a better bowl game than if you lose that game. Okay? Bottom line being, they just they didn't show up. They didn't show up enough. You blow fourth quarter leads like that. And it just it hurts Michigan State. Because, you know, we lost to them 37-6, to and then they get beat by the garbage. The bottom of the barrel in the Big Ten just doesn't look good for us. It really just doesn't. It's unfortunate, but you know what? I'll say it again. Be proud of this team, guys. Be proud of what they've done because, you know, you don't know when this kind of stuff's going to come around again. You don't know when they're going to have a kind of year like this. Now, we all have a week to speculate and see what's going to happen, but I'll tell you right now, I will really be shocked if they leapfrog Ohio State and get a, and get a BCS bowl game. I'll be shocked. I'll be absolutely floored because I don't happy. think it's going to ha- <laughs> I mean, yeah. No, I mean, I'll be, yeah, that's a, I won't even know what to think. <laughs> I mean, it'll be amazing, but at the same time, it doesn't matter what bowl game you go to. I mean, it does, but you, can, you can't control that right now. The team went 11-1. and Jeez, if this team was 12-0, and I wonder what we'd be talking about right now. Oh, my gosh. Talking national championship and just <laughs> everything. It would be great. It'd be absolutely oh, phenomenal. <laughs> but, you know, the Spartans, again, congratulations. They did a fantastic job. It's sad the season's over. It's sad. I'm sad. I am, too. I mean, you know, now we, we have other games to watch, and other things can happen. Okay, you'll see. Maybe if some top teams lose, some things could kind of work out our way, possibly. Doubtful, though. Doubtful. Get ready for January 1st in the New Year's Day bowl game. Get ready for it, because that's what most things are going to happen. Most likely, that's where this team is headed. Okay? They've done all they can. They didn't lose to Purdue in a game where you almost you really thought they might. And even against Penn State, where they got walloped two years ago, they came out and played a sound football game. Like Megan said, only 24 yards and penalties. I mean, I know they fumbled the ball twice. Yeah. But, you know, that was the one stupid fumble. Trent Robinson, remember when he intercepted the ball in the end zone? Yeah. Go down. Yeah, that's... Go down, buddy. Fall on the ground. <laughs> that's what my brother was yelling. Why are you running? <laughs> like, why? Like, you're going to go to the 20-yard line, okay? Just fall on the ground. I know, like I was talking with friends of mine, you know, he's in the moment. He just wants to maybe, oh, you yeah. know, try and run it back. Go down, man. Go down. And the game, say, game over. Yeah. You guys are done. Just, you know, please. Then he gets the ball taken from him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just punched right out. But, I mean, there's nothing, whatever. It, it's, you know, mistakes that they need to work on. They have, they have a while now, okay? This team has five weeks to, you know, figure out. Well, not really five weeks. More like, it's a month. I mean, they'll be playing January 1st. Or maybe, maybe <laughs> not. Maybe later in January, which hopefully they'll be doing that. But let's talk a little lines real fast before we take our break. I don't want to get too, I don't want to talk too much about the Lions because... <laughs> Oh, it's night and day. You talk college football, I'm a little giddy child about it. You talk the NFL, and I'm just a bitter old man. Oh, yeah. Uh, but the Detroit Lions, as always, played on Thanksgiving Day. So for all of our, you know, bellies, we can sit there and watch them and then give us indigestion by the end of this game, <laughs> basically. All right, the Lions played the New England Patriots. It was a 12-30 game at Ford Field. And the Lions, for the first three quarters... Played a really good game, especially that whole first half. They played an amazing first half. I'd never seen the Lions play that well in a first half of football. 
Defensively, offensively, they got to Tom Brady, pressured him, got some hits on him, got a sack. You know, Dominic Sue got a sack early in the game. This game was 24-24 at, after the third quarter. And after all that, after all that, looking like, oh, they could do it, no. They blew the game. They got outscored 21 nothing in the fourth quarter and end up losing 45-24. to Funny thing is, my family, after every single touchdown, New England, New England would, uh, you know, get... They'd yell, oh, there's the Lions we know and love. Yep. <laughs> it's every single time. It just never failed. No, it never failed. Uh, yeah, I watched this. I watched every second of this game. Every second of it. I didn't want to miss a moment of it. Cause, and especially the Lions. I've said this before. The Lions are different this year in the sense that you don't want to turn away. You're not flipping the TV, the TV channel necessarily because they're down 21 points within the first you know, quarter and a half. This team plays most of a game, but they don't play a full game. Okay, Phil Sims on the broadcast on CBS on Thursday said it best. He said the Lions are a 50-minute football team, and I could not agree more. They are a three-quarter team, three-and-a-half quarters, but when it comes down to playing a full game, they can't do it. They can't get it done, and it's frustrating. Penalties, yet again, this team will never learn. So undisciplined. I mean, and don't get me wrong, a lot of these penalties... Came. I don't know if you saw this. Remember the scuffle at the end there, close to the end of the fourth. You got Indomitka Sue, all these guys. The Lions basically had so many uh, personal foul penalty yards. <laughs> the Patriots were kicking off to us. They got to kick from the 40. <laughs> R40, okay? R40 yard line. He, he kicked it off and it went right through the uprights. That's how many penalty yards Lions get on that play. <laughs> it didn't change anything. The Lions were already, this is, they were already down 21 points, but it's still at the same time. They're not keeping their head in it, undisciplined. All right, losing their composure. I know it was a very emotional game. It's a very emotional day. You know, the Lions want to show up. Of course they do. I get that. But the problem with it is you just can't play a full game. I mean, Tom Brady, he played phenomenal. Tom Brady, you know, I don't really like the guy too much, but he played a game. Jeez, 21 for 27, 341 yards, four touchdowns. This guy almost had a perfect passer rating. He played incredible. Now, Sean Hill. He was 27 for 46, 285 yards. He had a TD. He had two picks. Sean Hill played a great first half. Great decision-making. Some great scrambles to get first downs. I want to say, finally, the Lions found their running game. Maurice Morris, these guys. Maurice Morris did a great job, 55 yards. Aaron Brown, Sean Hill, like I said, when he was scrambling. Lions found their running game a little bit. 129 rushing yards. Lions have not done that in previous weeks. The problem with the Lions is, like I've said, I'll say it a million times, they find ways to lose. And that's what burns me up. They find ways to lose games. The Patriots are a very good team. 9-2. and two. They are a 9-2 and two ball club, and they are solid. But, when, you know, you played such a good game against them, and then just to completely implode in the fourth quarter, Sean Hill, two bad picks. They were just terrible passes. Absolutely awful passes that, you know, it just you know swung the game around. And listen, Alfonso Smith, you're my boy. He's been playing well this year, but he could not have played a crappier game on Thursday. Alfonso Smith gets bowled over by Patrick Ellis when they scored that first touchdown, rushing touchdown. Knocked him right over. I don't know if you saw this play. He's just falling backwards. It was embarrassing. And then the big bomb to Deion Branch to tie the game. A 79-yard pass, and Alfonso Smith's running around like a chicken with his head cut off, getting turned around. He doesn't even know what he's doing. Now, I want to give you a couple quotes from some Lions players real fast. All right, you got Maurice Morris. And it's, this quote is about people always saying the Lions are, quote, unquote, headed in the right direction. And he says, me personally, I'm tired of us talking about we are moving forward. We've been saying that since week one against the Chicago Bears. Now is the time to take that step and just actually start going forward. You know, and he says, quote, still, it's crazy that it happened here. I remember he was doing it. I was just talking about it the other day in the locker room. No, I wasn't anywhere close to his moves. Not close. This team needs to find ways to win. When you're 2-9, and nine, okay, when you've only won, I mean, they've won two games last year, zero games the year before that, seven games the year before that. We're talking about 11-48 and 48 in almost four seasons. That's embarrassing. I would say so. Embarrassing, okay? <laughs> I, I don't know. We, I mean, we're talking about a 23% winning percentage. 
That's it's so. That's not even close to 500. Not even close. It is so much of a joke. It really makes me sick. And that's why we can't talk about this anymore, okay? <laughs> the Lions have five games left. All right, I'm going to wrap up Lions. They have five games left. They're at home against Chicago, home against Green Bay. Then we go on the road to play Tampa Bay, Miami on the road. And then we come home and play Minnesota. I see one win possibly in there. Maybe two. You're not going to beat Tampa Bay on the road. Nope. You're not going to beat Chicago. Chicago's 8-3. and three. They're a legitimate team. They play Chicago this weekend at Ford Field. Chicago's legitimate. All right, they just beat the Eagles this weekend, and it's a close game. And I mean, you know, you know, Vic and them—they came back, but Chicago held on, and Color looked fantastic. Green Bay seven and four—they're right there behind Chicago, fighting for this division. Trust me, when we play them in two weeks, they are not going to play the kind of crap game they played against us at Lambeau. You might beat Minnesota. I, I give you the Minnesota game at the end of the year at Ford Field because Minnesota at four and seven, they don't have much to play for other than pride and you know Brett Favre and his retirement fund. That's all they have to play for. So the Lions, honestly, you're gonna you're gonna make me right. Four and twelve or three and thirteen. It's sad. But you know what? We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, college basketball, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna talk some Spartans, trying to get to some Red Wings. We only have a half hour. Definitely stay tuned. This is a Spartan Sports Wrap here in 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. At the football game, Jim shows the telltale signs of being wasted. He starts flexing for the camera. He refers to his muscles as gunboats. He screams, how's this for a halftime show? Jim streaks the field. It's easy to tell if you've had way too many to drive. But what if you've had just one too many to drive? Never underestimate just a few. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, the Ad Council, and this station. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Sunday nights, check out Sit or Spin from 8 to 10 p.m., where you can voice your opinion on what new music we play here on The Impact. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Welcome back to the Spartan Sports Wrap here in 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. Don't forget that phone number, listeners. 517-432-3893. Write it down. Give me a call. I know I love talking. You all know that. I love ranting and raving. But listen, give me a call. I'm not always right. I want to hear other people's opinions. All right, we're going to talk some Spartan basketball right now. It was a very interesting week last week and weekend for the Spartans here. They went out to the Maui Invitational, and they beat Chaminade, Mm -hmm. which... I didn't think they played well in that game. Nope. Uh, not too well. They beat them by eight, but trust me, to have Chaminade keep it that close, they don't even have a logo or mascot. It <laughs> makes me sad, okay? And then they played UConn. Now, this was a close game the entire way, tied at the half. It was down to the wire. Spartans lost 70-67. to yep. Now, right now, the Spartans rank sixth. They've dropped to sixth in the Associated Press Bowl, which is understandable. Yep. When you lose to UConn, and don't get me wrong, UConn's not a terrible team. They're not. They're ranked now. Okay, they are ranked. They are not a bad team. But when you lose and you're number one and you're number two, you're gonna drop. Okay, it's it's bound to happen. Now they came back and they played a real tough, good game against Washington. They were down in that game. They were behind. I thought they were gonna lose that game, but they came back and got it done and won that game, seventy six seventy one. And then yesterday, we played Tennessee Tech. Which I didn't watch this game. Did you catch this game? I watched the whole thing. Tell me, talk to me about this game. What did uh, you, you see? Okay, well, just kind of going with how their season's been so far, I have not seen them play the best basketball that they could possibly play yes. yet. Um, they do seem to, except for, except for UConn, find a way to come back in the second half. Mm-hmm. Uh, beginning of the game yesterday, first five minutes, they only scored four points. <laughs> it was the saddest, oh, man. saddest game I've ever seen. Um just the beginning. It was just so slow to get started. Uh-huh. Uh, people were missing just our field goal percentage. I don't know what it is per half, but I, I can only imagine what it was. They were mm-hmm. just missing left and right, left and right. They were just Tennessee Tech is not very good. No, and they, and they were, have a very young team. They have a yeah. lot of freshmen on that team. And they were keeping up with State pretty well. And for being preseason ranked at two, 
I mean, it's a little bit embarrassing for us. Um, but I don't know what Izzo said to them in the locker room, but he whipped them into shape second half, and they pulled ahead. I think that, what was the final score? Final score was 73-55. Yeah. So, so they I, ended up winning the game handily. Oh, yeah. And they just they just outscored them in the second half. The thing is, we were talking about before with field, or not field goals, I'm sorry, free throws. And just watching, you know, juniors and seniors that have been on the team for three or four years miss free throws. Left and right. Yes, and guys and, that are good free throw shooters. Yeah, and guys that throws. have been free th- good free throw shooters in the past. It's it's upsetting. And I mean, I I was watching, you know, I was watching replays yesterday on the news, and the reporters are right. I, like every single anchor just said, we're we're better in March than we are in November, December. That's and true. that's the only good thing that I think comes out of our team. Like, not the only good thing, but like, <laughs> I'm sorry, that's not exactly what I want to say. Um, but like, that's one of the good things that come out of our team because at least we're not like a November, December team come March Madness, and we just kind of fall off the fold. map, and yeah. then we're done. Like, and you know, I'm they they have plenty plenty of time to build on what they have. I mean, they have a couple of young players. They have Appling and they have um Payne, yep. who are both very very good athletes and they they're are both freshmen. Very athletic kids. And we saw Nick's come back after his um almost leaving. Did you hear about that? Yes, I did. He, he almost left state. Um I think he was upset with his playing time. He didn't end up going to Maui last week with the team. Yep. And uh he ended up playing and uh, uh, just listening to the whole entire crowd. He had like a standing ovation when he came in. Mm-hmm. Just everyone was so excited to have him back. But yeah, I just I their their game yesterday it was iffy, but the, I want to see a full second half team that I saw yesterday. The whole entire game from them. Definitely. Um, I mean, they need to work on free throw percentage, like we've said. I mean, this team as a whole right now is shooting 65% from the line. That's not acceptable. If you, This is a Tom Izzo basket. That is not acceptable. He's a free throw guru. <laughs> and if you're shooting 65% as a team from the line, that's disgusting. That's the reason we lost to UConn. I'm not going to blame Draymond Green solely, but when you miss four out of five free throws at the end of the game, that's going to burn you. And he's good. And he's good from the line. Yep. But Draymond Green right now, he's only shooting 54% from the line. Okay? And when this guy, who he's, he's taken the most free throws out of anyone on our team. He's, he's attempted 33 free throws, okay? He's 18 for 33. That's not going to get it done. Not with a big man like Draymond, who gets fouled a lot, who's down in the paint, He's doing the dirty work, and when you get to the line, you need to take care of business. You need to. I'm not asking this team to be shooting 80% as a team from the free throw line, but you need to get this higher. 65% is not going to cut it, and if I have to talk about turnovers the rest of this season, (laughs) I'm going to lose my mind. Okay, Turnovers make me furious. Whether it's the Pistons, turnovers and basketball, oh, makes me furious. This team is averaging 17 turnovers a game. 17 turnovers a game. That is unacceptable. Now listen, here's a quote from Tom Izzo. Turnovers and missed free throws are a concern, and we are very disappointed with our guard play early today. We practiced better than we played, and that's not very encouraging going into a game where we're going into on Wednesday. We can use all mil- all the million excuses, but I'm very disappointed in how we played. And that's what I like to hear. Yeah. Tom Izzo, even with a win, they won almost by 20 points. No, not acceptable, okay? Not acceptable at all. The team shoot. That's the problem. Okay, when you shoot great from the you know for a field goal percentage, they're shooting almost fifty percent from the field. They're shooting almost forty two percent from the free, uh, from the uh, three point line. When you're doing when you're shooting that well, but you're turning the ball over, you you know you just you can't make the the gimme baskets from a sixteen foot jump a shot from the free throw line. You're shooting yourselves in the foot. It's like we talk about the lines or anything. You can do everything. When you turn the ball over three times, or you have ninety yards in penalties. All the good things you've done go away. And that's why this team has had to struggle and had to fight back. 17 turnovers a game is unacceptable. Okay? Here's another quote from Izzo. Quote, I didn't think our head was in the game. I'll go to sleep tonight thinking that we've done a very, very poor job of turning the ball over. And that negates some of the good things we're doing, like shooting almost 50% from the line and 42% from the three-point line. That's exactly what I, That's exactly it. Okay? Their, Izzo is not happy with this. Their problem that I saw with them is they need to slow down. Uh-huh. They throw, like, there's certain circumstances where, yeah, obviously get the ball and go. But it's like they get the ball, throw it like five feet in front of the person, almost out of bounds, save it, get around. Then that's when they turn over is they get so ahead of themselves and they're like, their body movements aren't keeping up with their head. Yeah. And basically they just, 
lose it and just it's just their head isn't in the game and it's just they just need to slow down run some plays get it in the key like obviously they're doing well shooting yes they are and take advantage of that i mean yeah draw the draw the fouls but they obviously they need to work on their free throw shooting but they can get in the paint shoot some layups draw foul and ones every once in a while like slow things down yeah, like they, set something up. <laughs> and the Spartans do play well in transition. They've, you know, that's that they actually are very successful in transition rather than the half court, you know, set. But at the same time, yeah, you can get a little too hyper. That's what that's there. what I saw a lot from them. There was a lot of tripping over themselves, a lot uh-huh. of tripping over teammates, a lot of tripping over the other team and a lot of just they were snagging the ball when it would get a little bit too loose and yeah. just go. Cuz I mean, right now for all you Spartan fans out there, first off, give me a call. Let me know what you think this game's going to be like Wednesday. Wednesday, we were playing the Duke Blue Devils, ranked number one in the country. It's going to be at Duke. All right, give me a call, 517-432-3893. How do you think this team's going to do? And what do you think of what they've been doing so far? Because, you know, they haven't, like, you know, Megan's, they haven't looked too impressive. They are 5-1. and one. They lost to a UConn team, which is ranked now. UConn won the Maui Invitational. They beat Kentucky, number eight. All right, they beat them. So UConn, they're legit. They're not a unlegit, you know, it's not like we lost this Chaminade, you know, or somebody, the Swords. Well, you know, what a great name. The Swords. The Swords. Yeah. Uh, you know, listen, they beat, they lost to a team that is good, and yeah, UConn will be around for a while, okay? They're going to be up there in the rankings, and they're, gonna, they're a pretty decent team, okay? The point of the matter is, you're playing the number one team in the country here Wednesday. It's going to be a huge game, nationally televised, okay? We better show up, because the Spartans have a way. Especially early in the year, December, November games. This team has a problem with showing up in big games. If you forget last year against Texas, it was like December 23rd game, they look like a joke. Against North Carolina, a couple, they get made, they get embarrassed. You better show up and be in this game down to the wire. I will understand if they lose the game. Duke is a very good team and they're at home. Duke should win this game if they are a legitimate number one team. They should. But State better make it a game. And they better not have shoot themselves in the foot with costly turnovers, bad fouls, and just easy gimme baskets that they blow. You can't come from behind all the time. I don't care what sport it is. Yeah, you can against Tennessee Tech. You can against, you know, Chaminade. But you know what? You're not going to be able to do it against Duke. Not on their home for not on their home court. Give me a break. That will not happen. Now, as far as Knicks, you know, we're talking about Derek Knicks, and some people might not know, but yeah, he was, you know, he wasn't with the team uh, uh, with the Maui Invitational because of problems with him and the coaching staff, is what it is. And Izzo basically said this about the situation. He says, quote, as far as Knicks is concerned, it doesn't get remedied overnight. We tried to give him a little time today, but he has to prove and earn that commitment to this program and these players. And I like what Nick says here in the locker room after the Tennessee Tech game. He says, quote, I was disappointed with myself. I let my team down, okay? Nick's is not happy with what he's done. I, we don't know exactly what he's did. I mean, he's had problems with the coaching staff. I don't know technically what this was, okay? And it's not our business. The point is, is that Izzo's not going to stand for that. You want to play in this program? You know what? You better change what you're doing. You better be committed to this team, okay? Because you know what? We'll ship you out of town like Chris Allen. Okay, we'll do it in a heartbeat. This team is deep enough and they have enough talent where you know what? If you think that you're that entitled and it's you know, you just deserve to be on the team, that's bull. It's a privilege, all right? This is college sports, college sports, pro sports, I don't care what. It's a privilege, it's not a right. Okay, you need to behave, you need to follow the rules. It's like any business, like any job. You listen to your boss, you listen to your coach, you do what they want of you. If not, too many mistakes, get out of here, you're fired. Okay? Is there anything else you have to say about the Spartans? Any other thoughts? I mean, I can't wait for this game on Wednesday. It's huge. <laughs> 9.30 p.m., ladies and gentlemen. So if you want to, tune in. I know I'm going to be tuning in. Oh, yeah. Uh, this game is going to be oof, It's going to be good. I okay. just think, I they just I can't imagine what practices are like right now with Tom Izzo and the way they played yesterday. He's like, got to be. Today's practice must have been so much running with their free throw percentage. <laughs> They're probably doing so many suicides. Oh my gosh. I don't even want to think about it. I don't it. even want to be on that team right now. Well, I'm not on it, but, <laughs> but <laughs> I wouldn't even want to. <laughs> no, I don't even want to be on the Spartan basketball. <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, that'd be pretty cool. But It would be, huh? And, but, 
with everything and their first half yesterday, they just need to correct what they need to like what they need to do. Their their free throws need to change. Their turnovers yeah, need to. They know lessen. what they need to work on. Exactly, and in order to beat Duke on Wednesday, these are the things that you they need have to play to work a darn on. good game. Oh yeah. Now listen, on a very lighter note, on something good, Kalen Lucas. All right, he's the Big Ten Player of the Week. Kalen Lucas is a guy I can't say one bad thing about. This kid is phenomenal. All right, he's been averaging twenty and a half points. In the four games over the previous seven days here, 20 and a half, he, had a, he, he fought and came back in that game against Washington. Career high, 29 points. He did a fantastic job. He shot 69 from, 69% from the field against the Huskies. Four or five from three-pointers. He's the reason this team came back and won this game. Kalen Lucas is playing phenomenal. Okay. Now, for the last week, Lucas has shot 54.5% from the floor, and he's, you know, seven rebounds, seven assists, and three steals. Kalen Lucas, shout out to you, buddy. You're doing great. Keep it up. I knew you would. Don't get me wrong. I mean, if he's healthy, he's the best player on the court on our team. Hands down, I don't care who you talk. No, he is the best player on the court. I'm glad he decided to stay this year. Me too, because he could have went to the NBA. Oh, yeah. He could have, but he knows. It's just almost like kind of a Greg Jones thing. He's not content with just making it to the Final Four last year. He's not, he, wants, he wants to cut down that net in, in April, and he deserves to. And this team, they're going to have a deep run. They're gonna have, I mean, it's going to be a good season. We do play another tough game coming up here in a couple weeks. We play Syracuse. Syracuse is ranked 7th in the country. They are a good, they are, as always, they are a good program. The Orange Men are good. Okay? Now, for all you Big Ten fans, Big Ten count. Now, that kicks off December 31st. Mm-hmm. New Year's Eve, we kick it off. Minnesota, another good team, ranked 13th right now. So Big Ten play does kick off on December 31st. But, guys, get ready for Wednesday. Huge game. Because if they get blown out in this game against Duke to make them look like fools, they really are going to drop in the rankings. And the rankings aren't everything, but it's just the stigma of just never being able to show up against the elite teams in college basketball. I know we can do it. We do it in the tournament, but start doing it now. Start doing it in December. Start doing it in January, in February. You know, prove to me that you can play a, a whole game. You can play all 40 minutes of it and, you know, just be in contention at the end. Like I said, I'm not going to be disgusted if they lose to Duke. I will understand if they lose a close game to Duke. But just don't get made to look like a fool, please. Because then I'm going to look like a fool, okay? Please <laughs> we don't. don't. want that. No, we don't. I'm already, you look foolish enough. All right. <laughs> but uh, let's see. All right, we got 13 minutes. You want to talk a little uh, Red Wings since we never do? Sure. I'd like to talk some hockey. Okay. Well, we're going to talk a little hockey here, all right? And here's a question I have to ask our listeners, all right? And someone please call in or I'm going to call in while I'm sitting here and pretend to be someone else, okay? <laughs> I'll take over the show. Yeah. Be like, where'd Dave go? Like, I don't know. That guy sounds familiar. <laughs> But um, the Detroit Red Wings are playing fantastic right now. They just beat the Columbus Blue Jackets yesterday at home. They beat them 4-2. to And they beat them the previous day at Columbus. They beat them 2-1. to And actually, two days ago, we were tied with Columbus. Right now, Detroit has 32 points. They're on top of the Western Conference. They have the most points in the West. Now, the Washington Capitals, they do have more points than us out East, but they've played more games. The Red Wings have only played 21 games. They have 32 points. 15-4-2. This team is playing phenomenal hockey. Phenomenal. My question to our listeners, why don't the Red Wings get the respect and get the love they deserve? All right? 517-432-3893. Why is this? This team is the most... They are the brand of consistency when you talk about sports. Four Stanley Cups in the last 13 years. Always. They've, they have the longest streak going in the NHL. Actually, no, excuse me, in professional sports of making it to the playoffs. They made it to the playoffs every year since 1989. And yet, nobody talks about them. I mean, we don't even really talk about them. Yeah, okay? We're, we're, we're kind we're, we're of... We're, we're part of the problem. <laughs> but the, the problem is, is that no one... The reason we don't talk about them is because it seems like no one cares about hockey. Okay, we have people calling in. We have people that want to talk about the Spartans, want to talk about the Lions. We'll talk about the Lions so we're blue in the face, and yet they've won eleven games in the last four years. But why don't we talk about the Red Wings? The Red Wings are great. They've been playing great. Okay, this team—they are looking phenomenal this year. 
Have you seen any games? Like, uh, po- pieces here Yeah, and there? I've seen bits and pieces every once in a while. I'll turn one on. Um, I th- I, I'll give my opinion real quick. Yes, I want to hear it. Okay, I think they're the one team that we can rely on to be a winning Detroit team. <laughs> Right yes, now. without and a doubt. I just think you see it. You look in. You look in the news. Oh, Red Wings won another game. Okay, move on. You know, like Lions lose a game. Well, they haven't. They haven't won in God knows. Like any, I had a winning season in forever. Yeah, and it feels like. And so it's just, it's just one of those things. It's like, oh, they lost. Oh, they won. It's just like, <laughs> oh, it happened. Like, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. That's just how I feel. Just because they're the one team we we can rely on to actually true. win. All right. Well, we got a caller. So let's see what the people think. Hey, you're on the Spartan Sports Wrap. Hello. Um, You asked about uh, why the Red Wings don't get the respect that they deserve. Yes. And um, we we really used to. We really have in the past. And I think that when we weren't playing there for a year, we really lost some enthusiasm. Uh Uh-huh. And we've played, we've had a couple poor seasons. And I think that we're really, we're going to get this enthusiasm back and this respect back because it's hockey town. It's just right. I mean, see, my problem with it is that, you know, the Red Wings, even if you want to say last season was a bad season, they made it to the second round of the playoffs. I know they lost, but, you know, like I said, they made it to the playoffs for the last 20 years. I think we just take them for granted. I I, I, I agree, definitely, because we, um, we don't. Um, like I like I heard when I got um, connected in, like oh yes. the Red Wings won again, and that we expect more out of them than most teams. Oh, we do. I mean, we get used to them winning, and uh, basically the only time we start talking about the Red Wings is when they've lost their first playoff game, mm-hmm. and it's frustrating. But uh, hey, I really appreciate the call. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And listen, we have another call. We were just blowing up here at the end of the hour. We're blowing up. All right. Hey, you're on the Spartan Sports Wrap. Hey, what's up, Dave? This is Ryan, uh, first-time listener, first-time caller. I tried to catch you on the uh, MSU football aspect, but talk some hockey with you real quick. Yeah. Um, Why do you think the Red Wings don't get the love? Well, I think the major reason, and I think what around the league most people are arguing against us, is age. They're uh, biasing us. Saying that we're an old team, I mean, we just picked up Madonna. He's getting towards the tail end of his career. We had Shelley for a while. Yep. And, but you look at Nick Lidstrom. Look what he's doing still. I mean, he's playing phenomenal. Can't deny it. And beyond that, I mean, we've got probably the best front office in all of sports. I agree. A lot of teams, a lot of fans of sports, they kind of hate on that. I mean, we're a blue collar team. Everyone, you know, Datsuk is an all star. Zetterberg's an all star caliber player. Jimmy Howard as well. But at the same time, we we really get people late in the draft. I mean, this is crucial to building a successful franchise. They are great at scouting. year in and year out. Yes. Now, do you think, like, I mean, what do you think the problem is that we don't, we don't like I said, we don't talk about the Red Wings until they've lost their playoff game, uh, playoff game. We, you know, we just take them for granted. We every all season, oh, yeah, they won again, they won again. Well, that's expected, right? Now, oh, I know yeah, we I get credit nationally. I agree with you. I know we get credit nationally. Trust me, I know the analysts. Oh, inter- internationally, actually, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes. But, I mean, I know the analysts. You know, they love us. They, they know we're good. But when it comes down to just the fandom of this state, I just don't see the love. We sit here and talk about the Lions till we're blue in the face, like I said. This team's garbage. And yet with the Red Wings at 15-4-2, beating a good Columbus team in back-to-back games... And, you know, you got, it's like you said, it's not just Datsuk. It's not just Zetterberg. It's everybody. It's Lindstrom, it's everybody. Everyone's been contributing. Points have been going everywhere. Everyone's had, you know, eight, nine-point streaks over the course of ten games. I mean, this is being shared among the team, all lines and all level of play. Yes. I mean, I've I've been a little disappointed in Yuri Hoodler since he's been back, but, you know, I I trust Mike Babcock, for one. I mean, he's one of the best coaches in all of hockey right now. I definitely agree. The Wings have so many things going for them, and I don't know why, you know, within state they're overlooked, because I've never overlooked them. I haven't missed a game in over 20 years, you know? I mean, <laughs> this is just how it is. But, I mean, hockey's a small market sport in this country. I mean, obviously you go to Canada, it's a lot bigger. Russia, it's got, I mean, a lot of people got into the Olympics, though, which was impressive in itself, it's you know, the U.S. and Canada. So I think that trend's going to change a little bit. And, you know, for a lot of sports, the All-Star game, I'm really loving what they're going to do this year. It's kind of like back school, you know, backyard, pick Pick your own team, yeah. It's a little pick them, you know. Just have two captains going at it. I'm pretty excited, and the Wings are going to keep doing it, man. Well, me too, Ryan. I really appreciate the call and uh, calling anytime, man. Will do. All right, take it easy.
I agree with him with the market and no. everything. Just because it, definitely this this is a country of money. That's what we're built on. Oh yeah, money I, I money fuels everything. Yeah, money money makes the world go around in the U.S. And you know, we're if you look at it, like the sports, it goes what football, baseball, then maybe hockey. Hockey's fourth. Hockey's fourth Hockey's in revenue. Fourth? They're last. They're okay. at the bottom of the barrel. But, uh, they don't. They, they don't make a ton of money. And I think a lot of. I think another big reason that hockey isn't huge is because they expanded way too fast. There's way too many teams in this league. Teams that no one cares about. And even though like a casual fan will definitely want to tune into maybe a Red Wings versus the Maple Leafs, Red Wings, Blackhawks, you know, Red Wings, you know, Penguins. But when you have teams like the Thrashers, the Predators, these small market. Crappy teams, don't get me wrong, but the Predators aren't that bad of a team. But when you have small market teams like that, nobody wants to tune in to see the Carolina Hurricanes play. Nobody. I don't even want to, and I like hockey. I don't even want to tune in and see that crap. Okay? There's just so many bottom-of-the-barrel mar- franchises and markets in this league that it just it really drowns the league down. And, that, you know, you don't get the matchups as a casual fan. As a real hockey fan, yeah, you will want to watch almost every game. Because you know the history, you know the teams. But for a casual fan, they don't want to tune in to see a team like you know Phoenix play. To see a team like Tampa Bay play. They don't want to see that. They just don't. That's all I can say about it, really. I mean, congrats. Hey, Red Wings, they're doing fantastic. That Sook's got 24 points already. Uh, you know, Franz, and he's leading it with goals. That Sook's assists. Bertuzzi in the plus minus. Jimmy Howard. Quick little stab with Jimmy Howard. Uh, Jimmy Howard, who just won here, uh, you know, at Joe Lewis. On Sunday, he is 17-0-3 in his last 20 regular season games at Joe Louis Arena, dating back to March 11th of last season. Jimmy Howard is the first goaltender in Red Wings history to record 20 consecutive decisions on home ice without a regulation loss. That's fantastic. The last goaltender on any NHL team to do this was Yevgeny Nabokov. And that was March 2008 to January 2009. He went 25-0-2. Jimmy Howard, congrats. This kid's a stud. He's a fantastic goalie. Keep it up, buddy. But we only have four minutes left, and I will not live with myself if I don't get to my facts. <laughs> I can't. I have to do them, okay? have to do them. But uh, here we go. This is uh, basically about places. Because I don't know a lot about other places. So I learn a lot. I learn a lot. I learn a lot when I get these facts. It's like, what the heck? All right. In Las Vegas, casinos do not have any clocks in them. No clocks in casinos in Vegas. I, that doesn't surprise me. It makes complete sense. It they want does. to disorient you. Yes. They don't want you to know what time of day it is. They don't want you to know how long you've been wasting nope. blowing money at blackjack. Four or five in the morning. Oh, like, is oh, it really that time? Seems I, like it's two in the afternoon. I've been here for 12 hours. <laughs> All right, let's see the next one. In Las Vegas, oh, another Vegas one. Mm. The busiest and the two most popular days chosen for couples to get married are Valentine's Day and guess the other one. Sweetest Day. New Year's Eve. Oh, dang it. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, I just tried guests. <laughs> I mean, I, I, could, I could see why. No, too I mean, much, that makes champagne. sense. champagne. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see the next one. All right, Levon, which is located in Utah, got its name from the word navel, which is Levon spelt backwards. It was named, this city was named this because it is in the center of Utah. How cute. I mean, Isn't that interesting? I mean, I'm from Heartland. Let so me just, spell Heartland backwards. No, and, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm from Heartland and I'm been, directly in between Flint, Detroit, and East Lansing. And Lansing, I'm sorry. Uh-huh. So we're Heartland, we're the heart. That's, that's, so I mean, that's I nice. can relate. Heartland. That's good. I like that. All right. <laughs> See, one of the steepest main streets in Canada is located in St. John, New Brunswick. Over a distance of two blocks, the street rises about 80 feet in two blocks. Can you imagine walking down Grand River? Okay. It's just like, like you're now walking on like practically like an 80 foot, in an incline like that. It's insane. I, I got to check this out. Tonight. I'll go to Canada. I mean, that just, it's too, that's insane. That's so cool. All right, let's see. Uh, some hotels in Las Vegas have gambling tables floating in their swimming pools. So you Why can be gambling at all times. None of this surprises me about Vegas. No, no. You're <laughs> catering to anyone and everyone. Uh-huh. You want to swim, you can gamble when you're doing it. Okay. Yeah. All right, let's see. Tacoma Narrows Bridge, which was located in Washington, was nicknamed Galloping Gertie because of the unusual way it twisted and swayed, with even with the slightest of winds when people would drive on it. The bridge collapsed on November 7th, 1940. Fortunately, no humans died except for one dog. Aww. 
That puppy shouldn't have been on the bridge. I guess not. What's the dog doing on the bridge? If everyone else knew not to be on it. Yeah, if he's the only casualty, I blame the dog. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I have to. Horrible. Uh, All right, the next one. The American Airlines Center in Dallas has more toilets per capita than any other sports and entertainment venue in the country. Whatever. The next one. (laughs) The average stay for a prisoner on Alcatraz when it was used as a prison was was, uh, five years. So that was the average stay for, all right. I mean, I wish Alcatraz was still open. Keep shipping people over there. All right. The city of Chicago has the only post office in the world where you can drive your car through. It's like a drive-through post office. Wow. That's such a great idea. That's convenient. That's a fantastic idea. All right. But that's it for the facts. We're out of time here. I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning into the show. And definitely tune in next week. We'll have a lot to talk about because we'll know where the Spartans are going for the bowl game. So for uh, Impact 89 FM, my name is Dave Rinku. And my name is Megan. You guys have a great night. This is Spartan Sports Wrap. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89FM.